Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind SteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview, where we are previewing whatever we want to talk about anymore because there's no game, we're previewing the offseason, whatever. That's what the Steelers Preview turns into the offseason. And joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Oh, not too much, Jeff. I was going to sit here and move my mouth and not make any sound to mess with Brian again since he couldn't hear us earlier, but uh, I didn't think everyone else would get that. So I thought, and and plus people just listening in podcast form would have no idea what was going on. So I right. thought better of it. Yeah. There you go. Brian, who has fixed his technical difficulties. What's up, Brian? You know, since I've turned 50, which has been like six weeks, <laughs> I have turned into like completely geriatric. I can't do anything. I mean, my wife and kids, think i'm an imbecile now because i i can't now i can't work a computer can't work the remote all of a sudden i i don't know what's going on i oh goodness hey you know what it's just good to be here and it's good to have a headset on and well maybe uh some people won't be having headsets on in pittsburgh soon parking that's where the money's at Yeah, sorry. A lot of these are are micro spots. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why we're all here. Um, We now kind of shove off into the off season and it's, it's different. I know that for me, uh, yeah, I'm someone that tries to watch all those interviews, player interviews as they are embarking back to their hometown. Some might stay in Pittsburgh. Some might go back home. It is, it's like four interviews a day. It's tough to keep track of. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I wanted to talk today and that was the, the headline title of this podcast is prioritizing the Steelers moves that they make in the off season. Let me specify, I'm not talking about specific necessarily players, but what do you think is like the top priority for the team? And then we're going to work our way through this and kind of sculpt what the off season, what we think the off season should look like, at least in the starting points for the Steelers as we get ready to get into the nitty gritty where you're talking about this coaches decisions and stuff like that. So Dave, I'm going to start with you. Okay. What would you say is the top priority for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization this off season? Uh, to me, you got to set your coaching staff before you set your players, because you've got to know what kind of scheme and everything you're wanting to do. If you are having a change at the defensive coordinator position, you have to decide, you know, what kind of defensive philosophy you're going to be working with, with whoever would be coming in. If you decide you're going to have a change or not have a change at the offensive coordinator position, you, you have to know, are you trying to get the players in to run Matt Canada's offense, or are you trying to get the players in to run whoever the offensive coordinator is, their offense? So to me, you have to know where you're going in that route. Now, that doesn't mean that those coordinators should not be adjusting to the players the Steelers end up with, but it's a lot easier to know 
what you want to look at going forward if you kind of have that overall philosophy set in stone before you even get into the free agency period. Now, Brian, I'm going to ask you, do you agree with Dave? Is that being the top priority or do you, do you disagree? I think it's close, but I'll go with disagree. And okay. I really look before you get anything done, you take care of concessions and make sure you have the right nachos and that'll <laughs> set up the entire season. But no, really what they need, what they need to do is the trenches. Uh, you know, I, I agree with Dave, you know, we've got to get that taken care of there, but, but I think that's already in a way already decided. So what I'm thinking is that offensive line is going to, do so many things for you, getting that taken care of. It is going to allow a free agent quarterback to come in and say, yeah, I, I'll go there. They've taken, they're taking care of business on that offensive line. They're going to not get me murdered. That's also going to help get the run game going. So there's a few things you could do on the offensive line. First, I hate to mention the Cincinnati Bengals, but we were all over them for taking Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell, but they knew who they wanted in the second round, figured they can get him. They bring Jackson Carmen in, but they went the free agency route and they made some very good moves. I, once again, I hate them being a, a model, a model organization because, but in this situation, I would kind of follow that. We also look at the team that just beat the Steelers in the postseason. Last year, after the Super Bowl, we saw, I think the number was almost 500 yards in which Patrick Mahomes was running for his life in the Super Bowl. He did so much running for his life, just throwing the ball away. So they went and got four out of five new guys on that offensive line, two during the two uh, within the draft and two in free agency. So that's something that I need the Steelers to do. So that's what I'm thinking. The defensive line, when I say the trenches, defensive line is as important just because it's Let's just go up. one at a time, Brian. Let's just go one at a time. Let's just go one but at a that, time. That's trenches, though. It, it is. It is. But I want to <laughs> rewind the tape first. I want to rewind the tape. Let's go back a few minutes. And you said that you think that the coaching decisions are already made, in your yeah. opinion, within the organization. So what are those decisions then? Well, the decision now, the new defensive coordinator is not made. But the decision to have a new defensive coordinator is made. So, so you it think could, that Keith Butler's it, retiring? Yeah, I mean that's retiring. right. I, Bruce, Bruce yeah. Arians retiring. Yeah. <laughs> retiring. Yeah, just just like uh, just like my divorce was amicable when I was asked to move out on my own. Um, hey, I just learned how to use these these uh, these little parenthesis fingers um so anyway or quotation fingers but anyways so uh, you know what i'm saying yeah i think it's done i think matt canada is staying i i think that move would already be close to even be made already but what i heard from from mike tomlin in that press conference he said something that really rung true with me and it's this I don't know who's leaving yet. So basically, he he basically said that it's going to be on their own accord if they leave. So in my mind, when I'm listening to that, I don't know the exact quote. Dave might know that a little bit better. But he made that quote. And so that tells me that someone's retiring, going on his own, and someone is not leaving. Uh, Matt Canada does, doesn't want to leave, so they're going to give him an, another chance to stay. Dave, do you agree with Brian's assessment of the coaching decisions and Butler retiring and Canada staying? I think they have a really good indication of that. They, you know, nothing's been made official, but the the only way that's not the number one priority right now is if the decision was for everyone to stay. If that's not the decision, then you've you've got to be working towards who you're going to have replace whoever's not staying. Um so it might be that right now they know uh, it could have been that that was decided. I don't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they didn't quote unquote, make a decision specifically before Tomlin's press conference. So that way he could say there was no decision and they could have even figured it out that afternoon for all we know, but they just ha aren't announcing or moving forward. 
Uh, I still think there's a chance Keith Butler stays, but I would say the the odds are the fact that Coach Tomlin brought it up at all makes me think that the odds are that he's not going to stay. That's a good point. That's a good point. So now, Dave, I'm going to ask you, do you agree with Brian's top priority, which is, as he as he labeled it, the trenches? Is that the next priority for the Steelers? You mean after, after you the coaches? Said, you obviously said the coaching staff, which I agree with. I think that the coaching staff is what you have to figure out first and foremost. After that, do you think it's identifying the offensive and or defensive line and starting to figure out what they need to do to patch those holes? I, I think it's just identifying all your needs, period. And how you're and and you how you're going to look about addressing those, whether it be Brian, you know, saying that the biggest need is the trenches. You can throw quarterback into into that or not. We've talked about how we think, you know, first you've got to you, you've got to sure up this line before you can act, ask any quarterback to be able to do anything behind it. So I, I understand that, but you've just got to identify your holes, your needs, your weaknesses. And then you have to develop a plan. Is this something we're going to look for in free agency or the draft or, um, you know, the multiple plans? You know, we would like this free agent, that free agent, the other free agent. If we don't get any of them, then we have to prioritize this player, that player in the draft. Just getting a plan in place for how you're going to fill these holes um, and prioritizing those holes like Brian did to say that the top priority is the trenches. All right, Brian. So let's go back to your trenches talk. And that was, how do you think the Steelers should approach this? Should it be via free agency? Should it be draft? Which is the top priority? Meaning if you're looking at the offensive line, do you think that it would be better to go free agent route first? And then if you can't fill those voids, then look in the draft. Do they do both? What are you thinking in that regard? Well, as far as using both as tools to help them this year, yeah, they've got to go 50-50 there. But you've got to do it through free agency first. That's exactly what you've got to do because you're going to fill a hole through free agency and that is going to tell you where you're going to go through the draft. Everybody that wants a Kenny Pickett or a uh, Malik Willis or everything like that, that's all in good right now. But what if they end up with a Derek Carr? What if they end up with some somebody like that? So then their their priorities have changed. As, so the free agency sets the draft up as well. You know, they kind of know who they like when they're going out in, in a free agency and they know who they like in the draft when they're going out to make free agent moves. But you bring somebody in in free agency that can do that job, you can go ahead and basically you've got a one in 31, one in 31 chance to go ahead and get that player. In the draft you might not get that player at all. So, and you know, there's not, there's so many teams that uh, you don't are looking for offensive line as their top priority. And with the money that they have, they're going to have the ability to bring somebody good in. So it all goes to the free agent picks first. Let's talk about the defensive line. I'll go give it to you in a second here, Dave. When we're talking about the defensive line, actually, Dave, what did you want to say? Well, I was just going to say, I, I I don't think I've clarified mine very well. Before you even look at outside free agents, part of it is you have to identify which of your own players you want to keep because right. that's who you have first crack at. Then you go into, then you have to roll into free agency. And Brian said, right, you, you got to build through both, but the Steelers try to cover most of their needs in free agency. And a lot of times they're drafting, not necessarily for this year, but the following year. Um, last year, they didn't have that luxury, and they drafted for this year, and guys had to play this year. So, and that was part of that was because of the salary cap. Now you have, where you aren't up against the cap as much. It's not like the Steelers have all this money to spend either, but it's that they're not having to cut a ton of people just to get under the cap that, that make your decisions of who you can sign of your own first and if that answer is going to be your own or if it's going to be that you have someone else you can look at. So looking at the trenches, since that's what we're talking about here, the, the free agents the Steelers would have to assess uh, would be Trey Turner, Chooksakora for Montrevious Adams. And I believe that's it. So out of those players, who would you say is our players that the Steelers would be like, hey, we want to prioritize getting them back, Brian? Any of them? <laughs> Yeah, actually, Montrevis Adams. Montrevis Adams 
is probably the guy that I would look at first. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money to bring him in. This isn't a money situation. I kind of think that he's the one guy with the upside. A guy like Trey Turner, the man, he lasted to close to August last year on the free agent market. He came in and did did a I mean did a good job as far as being in a, able to plug in that hole. Was he fantastic? No, but he you had a body that was capable and that's the best thing I could say, but I don't think they're going to look at making him a priority at this point. Chooks for they might want to keep, but I think his audition is over. Okay. That's fine. Dave, what about you? I mean, you look at those free agents that the Steelers are going to have in the trenches. You agree with Brian's assessment? Pretty much. Um, I don't know that they that that Chooks is going to be a priority to bring back because I don't know that that's someone that they would want to continue to have start. Um, definition of insanity, if you know what I mean. Um, they obviously need to do two two straight years of having one of the worst lines in the league. Y- you've got to make a change, um, and he was the only one that moved from one year to the next. So. I, I, I don't think he was like the stabilizing force there either. The fact that he's a free agent, um, the only way I could see either him or Turner back is after that free agency period where they get a chance to go out and say they're going to sign somewhere else and to see that nobody else really wants them. To me, I'm trying to get Adams back, you know, on a close to vet minimum deal um, as, as soon as you can. Like I'd be working on that right now. Yeah. A player I want to bring up, which it ties into what we're talking about along the offense and defensive line. And I think, and I talked about this uh, in my Let's Ride podcast for Friday, there's so many, uh, you know, after effects of this one player. And I don't think, I put this on Twitter, I don't think people are really talking about this as much as they should. And that is, what does the future hold for Stefan Tuitt? If you think about no, it. That's if, huge. That's the huge. biggest thing. Yeah. if Stephon He's the Tewitt, number one. If he goes to the Steelers and says, look, I didn't play at all in 2021. It was a horrible year. I had a knee injury, dealing with some stuff off the field. I'm going to be back, and I'm going to be focused. I'm going to give you everything I have in 2022. Well, that changes everything. Because then if you can get Montrevious Adams back, you have Chris Wormley under contract, you have Isaiah Loudermilk, and Tyson Alualu already said on social media that he's coming back. And, oh, yeah, there's this guy named Cam Hayward who's pretty good. Now I feel like the defensive line is set. You know, Chris Wormley is a good reserve player. He's not a good starter, and that would put him in that reserve role. But if Stefan Tuitt can't play, and for whatever reason, like I really don't care at this point, if he's not willing or able to play, well, now all of a sudden the Steelers are going to have to prioritize defensive line. Brian, what do you see with Stefan Tuitt and how that's going to shake out? Dave said something very poignant when he said you need to take care of your own free agents. Now, this is not a free agent, but this is your own personnel. So you've got to take care of your personnel first and know what you have there. That's why the trenches, why I said O-line and defensive line, because, you know, if you can get a Montrevious Adams back, then that's a good way to go. Remember, you don't have to have a guy that's, you know, a first round, second round pick there. We the Steelers had a guy, Steve McClendon, for a couple of years who is still, I believe, in the league. I know he played in the Super Bowl last year, and it was a guy that you didn't expect that did a very good job at that spot after Casey Hampton was gone. So a guy like Montrevious Adams would do very well to stay, but like Dave said, they need to work on that now. He he put some tape out there. There's some players that put some tape out, out there, so people are going to look at this film and say, well, Maybe we go after this guy. We have a need there too. So I that's why I think he's a top priority. But if he's not, if, if he does not stay, then you've got you've got a couple of holes there. And the whole thing with Stefan it. what concerns me the most is Alu Alu. He he came out and he said, Ah, I'm coming back. 35, but I'm coming back. And haven't heard a peep out of Stefan it, And that really concerns me. But if he's there and he's healthy, you've got a heck of a line. Dave, what do you think about Stefan Tuitt? To me, I think he's the he's the biggest question mark and things that that have to be figured out. Because I mean, right now he's your third biggest cap hit on this team, you know, yeah. behind only TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. You know, so I mean, he's going into the quote unquote, the last year of his contract, although they added three void years to the end of it, according to um, over the cap, 
but you don't have a huge cap savings if he's gone. You're going to have almost $10 million in dead money if you let him go, and you're only going to save a little over $4 million. So it's not like just let him go, but you've get, you can't pay him to do nothing like they did last year. And, and, and just like they couldn't afford to pay David DeCastro to do nothing this year to stick around and just be on IR, they had to let him go. Would it so change if he retires, Dave? Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. You could maybe look at getting back. I mean, the Steelers aren't that kind of team that goes after signing bonus money, so I I don't think that that would change. But he just has to decide what he's doing, and the and and we say he has to decide what he's doing. Remember, the Steelers didn't talk about it. A lot of people are still blaming everything on it being that you know the loss of his brother and dealing with that. But he had a knee injury. We don't know which one is which one of those factors is the primary factor. If it's even, if it's was one way over the other, we really don't know. But bottom line is the Steelers got to figure it out. And that's to me, that's the number one thing they have to figure out that before free agency starts, because, you know, you just don't want a repeat of what happened this year with the Castro, where you were counting on him. You didn't address the position. You find out he wasn't going to be there. You couldn't manage to take that big cap hit and you ended up scrambling for the entire season. Right. And I think that, you know, it, it is just football, but for the Steelers, it's a business. Yeah. And if Stefan too, it's not going to be able to commit to the team, then well, like you said, Dave, why are they paying him? And so that comes down to it may sound insensitive, but yet it's it's a business. It's a business aspect of the game. So, okay, enough trench talk. Where does it go after that? Uh, where, Dave, in your opinion, if, if we're talking about positionally, the, the offense and defensive line needing to be addressed this offseason, where does it go after that for you? Um, to me, even before defensive line, behind offensive line, I put quarterback. So you Just, have I mean, the lines – in offense, defense, and then quarterback. No, no, I would have offensive line, quarterback, and then defensive line. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Explain. Go ahead. Um, just, but I mean, yes, you have Mason Rudolph under. You have to decide where you're going now or into the future. It's fine if the decision is that you know you're going to roll with Rudolph. It's fine if the, if the decision is you're going to go after any kind of tier of free agent. It's fine if you decide you're just going to maybe look at the draft or maybe put off the draft this year. But you have to decide what you what your plan is going in um, because it's the most important position. But if you can't protect him, it doesn't matter. So that's why you got to, to me, just knowing what you want to do. Because, I mean, think about it. Just look at our live chats. Look at Steelers Twitter. Look at everything out there. Everybody has an opinion on what the Steelers should do at quarterback next year. You can't say that that's not going to be an important thing. So Slack channel. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Everything. (laughs) You know, it's it's about the quarterback position. And the only – because – being a former lineman, I understand quarterback is really important. But the only reason I'm I I put the O line in front of him is because my goodness, you know you've you've got to figure it out. But the D line's right there. But like I say, because Stefan Tuitt is such a big question mark with that. If it wasn't for that, I think it it wouldn't even be an issue. So it, it might not be that they do anything else other than what they have. They just have to make a decision on what they're doing. All right, so Brian, I want to throw it over to you. Let's talk about the quarterback position. If you were to kind of handcraft the Steelers quarterbacks offseason moves, who not who, but how they acquire quarterbacks, if they acquire quarterbacks, what are you thinking in terms of that position? Well, can I say this first? That's not my next priority. Quarterback yeah, is Dave not my next priority. Up. Yeah. Okay, so so um, what's yours? And then we'll go to Dave's to talk about the quarterbacks. But you know, I could go back with quarterback, but a corner is my next. My he wasn't asking you next. He was asking about quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so we're we'll going to do your next. Next. We'll come to corner. We'll come back to corner. Oh, I thought you said that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I no, we'll we'll come back to corner. I'm gonna get, um, I'm gonna get that from you. But let's go to quarterback. So really, you know, I don't know what this draft class looks like. Everybody's lo- in love with a fifth-year senior that just that a year ago at this time, actually six months ago, wasn't anywhere near a number one pick. And I'm a Pitt guy. My gosh, I'm a graduate of Pitt. But I'm not in love with 
Kenny Pickett. Everybody thinks he is the fix. You know, I sometimes I think that 50 year senior, that guy that comes on in the end is is fool's gold. And the fact that he's from Pittsburgh, I think we we value him a little bit more because he's played in the stadium. He's <laughs> he knows the facilities. But all I'm going to say is if this isn't the draft for a quarterback and you're drafting at number 20, then try to find it in free agency. You've got to bring somebody in. I will say that first and foremost, but look at free agency first. I think this is the kind of team that can do what the Tennessee Titans did five years ago or four years, whenever it was, and brought Ryan Tannehill in. Now, we hear all these names. If if we were in this situation and somebody said Ryan Tannehill three or four years ago, if we were in this situation, they'd be like, oh, no, I wouldn't want that guy because everybody – Everybody out there seems to want the superstar. They want to have a superstar to come in. You're not getting a perfect quarterback in free agency. You're not, you're probably not getting a perfect quarterback at number 20. You know, that's, that's the thing. Bring in the right guy, take care of everything, take care of the most glaring needs first. And I know this is a big need, but take care of the line first and then Start looking to see what you can get done in free agency. The ultimate guy that I would love to have is Derek Carr. I like his moxie. I kind of think he's a jerk. I have no problem with that. But I like the fact that I think he's tough. I think he throws well. He's a two-time pro bowler. He's been on the radar. radar. So there's some people that are going to completely disagree with that. But you might see a guy like Drew Locke come in. You might see a guy like Mitch Trubisky come in. You might see someone like that. And everybody winces when they when they hear those names. But that's what you're going to have to do. If you bring in a guy like Case Keenum for a year, and I know I'm, I'm in love with the guy. We've talked about that a lot. But if you bring in a guy like Case and get everything else figured out and maybe draft a guy in the second round or or even draft a guy in the first round, but you need to have a place setter there. Is it Mason Rudolph? I hope not, but it could be. You know, th- there's there's so many guys that, that you can bring in, but that per- Mr. Right, Mr. Perfect is not out there. Okay, Dave, I want to throw it back to you to talk about the quarterbacks. What do you think? Uh, all right. Well, first of all, when Brian was describing one Mr. Pickett, um, not that I'm in love with the guy or not, but he, you know, the way he addressed him of, you know, a fifth year senior that was on nobody's radar before this year, uh, yeah, he basically just described Joe Burrow um, because he was the same thing, a fifth year senior that sure. wasn't on anyone's radar. And uh, that guy took down the Steelers twice this year. So anyway, so you just don't know. Now, I'm not saying he's the next Joe Burrow. I'm just saying, you know, he, there's so much more about it, but the reason I say quarterback, just to just to sum it up here, because I know uh, like so we can, before we move on to Brian's cornerback, which I think is good. The reason I say that you have to address this issue first and make the decision is because if you decide you're going to go the free agent route, that affects so much of everything else you do even signing your own players. If you decide that you're going to try to make a move free agent wise for a quarterback, that's not cheap. And that might affect you being able to sign two of your corners if you want to. That's why to me, that move and just making a decision of saying, you know what, we're not going to go and spend a lot of money here. We're going to spend it in other places, which is a decision I'm, I'm more than fine with. They just have to decide what they're going to do there before they can really move on and spend their money other places. Kenny Pickett's going to be a hot button topic. I just, I like him. I I do like him. I think he has that it factor. I feel like he's like a winner. Uh, The problem is I don't think he's worth pick 20. (laughs) If that makes sense. I just think that there's more value at other positions, but he'll probably go before that anyways, because that's just the quarterback position in the NFL. All right, Brian, you want to talk about cornerback because the Steelers do have some free agents there in regards to Akella Witherspoon, Joe Hayden, uh, primarily, uh, go ahead and, and make your case there for why you think corner is more important than quarter. You know, I don't want to do the James Pierre thing again. I don't want to do the Antoine Blake thing again or whatever. Valentino. Valentino. Yes, I, I, I don't want to do that's that's not a position where you 
you go with a project and I really, it didn't work out with James Pierre and the Akello Witherspoon thing. That might be the situation where you have a guy that came in way too late and didn't play a single preseason game, just came in and you gave up a, a fifth round pick for. And then all of a sudden, as the uh, season got into December, late November into December, people were saying all of a sudden, Ooh, oh no, Akello's hurt. We can't lose him. Just the same way they were with Montrevious Adams. You know, that that's one of those situations where they think they've got a guy there. Cameron Sutton has got a place on the team, but you've got three starting quarterbacks at this point. Cor- cornerbacks, excuse me. you got to look for three starters. And he's there. He's in the equation. We don't know what's going to happen with Joe Hayden. I know Joe Hayden loves the Steelers. I think if he retired today and and went into the Hall of Fame, even though he played two years less with the Steelers, he'd go in as a Steeler. There's no doubt in my mind if he goes in. But all I'm saying about this is I don't expect him back whatsoever. And I think he's aging. And we were in a situation with Ben Roethlisberger. We appreciated everything that he did. But nobody can say that they are completely heartbroken. They're nostalgic. But they realize that there's a time for change. And it finally became the fact that there's a time for change now with Ben. And the Steelers made that decision or I think he'd be coming back again. And I think that's the thing with Joe Hayden. He already talked about testing free agency back in the back in the late summer. He already said that. So I just don't really expect him to be back. Justin Lane is is not the guy. So you you need to bring somebody else in and I don't know if you're if you're going to be fine with Joe Hayden with Akello Witherspoon and with Cam Sutton alone, because they really weren't, they really weren't fine in the second half of the season. Now, Grant Hayden was hurt a lot, but that's also another another thing to look at. So, I know we're going to hear this. The Steelers do so much better in free agency with a corner than they do, because the narrative out there is this team does not know how to draft a corner. And that is complete garbage. They've never been in position to draft a top first round corner. Artie Burns was a situation where you got the fifth best guy and didn't realize that Xavier Howard was was better at 30, who went at 38. And you got Artie Burns and you realize that, all right, we were just reached because we picked position. Don't pick position, but if there's a guy like Ahmad Gardner, who I'm seeing rising up the charts out of Cincinnati. If he's there, you nab him and you don't be afraid of it. Yo, is the are the Jacksonville Jaguars great at drafting corners? They don't have to be when they're picking third and Jalen Ramsey's there. So that's that's all I'm saying. There, you know, there's a lot of guys that came in at corner on this team in the mid rounds that played well. Then there were ones that you drafted higher or drafted in the mid rounds that didn't pick, didn't hit. But they're not bad at drafting one position and that narrative. I'll fight everybody. I'll, I'll fight one of my best friends, and I have. And he just won't listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> but corner is important. Yeah, I mean, you're getting, you were getting passed all over by Patrick Mahomes the other day. And those guys, my gosh, Kelsey was all alone. There's so many times Byron Pringle was all alone. Yeah, that just can't happen. Dave, what are your thoughts on the corner position? Yeah, they need some better players there, or at least retain <laughs> the ones they got. So, do you, who do you retain and, on the, that's on the like Witherspoon Hayden? Do you try to get both of them back? Or um, just... Hayden, if Hayden's coming back, he's got to understand one his pay and two his role. And if the and if the pay and the role don't match up with what he wants then he needs to go explore somewhere else and he might find out that he comes back. It would be nice to keep him around if he's willing, you know, and to me, his role is he's not going, he, it's not that he can't play on the outside, but he's not going to be playing every snap like he has in the past. It would be more of what they were doing where like a Sutton would, if, if Hayden does can't bump in, wasn't the best option to bump in or, you know, 
does Joe Hayden play? You know, if Terrell Edmonds goes back, is Joe Hayden enough of a say? I, you know, I haven't even looked at that if that would be a possibility. He, said he would retire before he goes to safety. That's what I thought. But my thing is, I just I could see him someone who plays on the outside but only plays in sub packages, things like that. There's various things they could do with him, but you can't bring him back anywhere close to what he was making. Yeah. Um, and if and if that's what he wants, then you need to spend that money on someone that's actually going to be on every play cornerback. It's a good point. Great point. All right, let's get this super chat up here. Philip gives us $5 and says, can we talk about Malik Willis in a Matt Canada scheme and sit behind Mason and or Dwayne for a year? Thoughts? Now, that's the quarterback from Liberty. I am, I do not know much about these players yet. I The season just ended, yeah. so I'll start doing my player profiles here in the next month or so. But, Brian, I'm assuming you might know more about him. He's talented, played at a small school. When he was playing big schools, when the talent was better, he – I don't think he rose to the occasion as much. So there's so much I need to see out of him. But if the scheme is right for him, then, you know, you look at a guy like that. But remember, we just talked about Artie Burns. Don't take a quarterback just because you need a quarterback. If it, if they're not right. Oh, yeah, no, you're oh. right. Did you want to say something, Dave? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that's my very first mock draft Monday. You know, it, they started Monday now that the Steelers season was over, and it was CBS had Malik Willis going to the Steelers at 20. Um, here's the thing I find with him. He, he would be a perfect fit for the Steelers in one way, and that is he knows – what it's like to play behind an offensive line that's absolute crap. <laughs> so he would he would he would fit right in. So and because you're saying when he played in those big games and bigger competition, I'd have to go back and I mean I watched I watched him play I think in two different times this college season and not even the whole the whole game. But it was man, what can he do with with that kind of offensive line? Um was his biggest problem. So but I have a feeling he's going to test well. And because of that, he's going to shoot up some people's boards just because of, you know, some people love how players, especially from small schools, test. And if he tests well, he's not going to be there for the Steelers anyway. It's a good point. All right. Occam's Ox gives us 499. He says that they can't fix the offensive line. They shouldn't draft a quarterback. They don't plan on redshirting. I'd rather see them fix the lines and defensive backs. Sacrifice Mason. <laughs> I mean, this it's is what I was saying a year ago, yeah. wasn't it? I'm like, it yeah, like you have to listen to yeah. Let's Ride. I give you some props okay, on my good. Friday episode. You'll have to listen. Yeah, because I remember you were in trouble. You were in that. Uh, oh yeah, the Trey Lance with Trey Lance, and I'm like, Trey Lance is going to do anything if they don't fix this line. Well, but the and, key was yeah. that with Trey Lance, if I'm defending myself, which yeah. I am, is that he wouldn't have to play right away. Yeah, is that Ben was still there, he would get to sit and learn. Exactly, and hopefully they would be able to address that, but still. Uh, Amen yep. Singh gives us 499 says just want to say thank you for the awesome content this season. Thank you very much for yeah. the tip and the kind words. We definitely do appreciate it. All right, let's get back to uh, the uh, nitty gritty here. And that is, so we, we are definitely prioritizing things and that was the goal for this podcast. So we've gone quarterback, cornerback, and, and either way doesn't matter. Where do we go from there, Dave? Any position quarterback, in mind? Corner, okay. Cor- um, where they need to decide. Um, the, I'm so torn because I got one on each side um, that I would go with. Um, can I just kind of throw them both out there because sure. they're further down the list? Um, I think they need to decide what they're going to be doing in, with their wide receivers since they have uh, two of them that are free agents and two of them that were very questionable by the end the, the two that aren't free agents that were very questionable by the end of the season with what you thought you would get out of them. But at the same time, I also think they're in the same kind of boat at middle linebacker that they need to decide. I mean – Joe, Joe Schobert came in, did what he did, but do you really want to keep him around for what he's going to cost? Um, I mean, you're talking about a $9 million cap hit. You're talking about almost $8 million saved if you let him go. Do you really think that that Joe Schobert's one of your uh, top, top five to seven best players, that that's where he's going to fall cap number-wise? Um, or do you just, since it's kind of cheap right now, they could let him go? So they have to make those decisions there. So that's why I wanted to put both of them almost as as a what number are we on? Five, four, five. I don't know. Four A and four B. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because it's hard because they're both on the opposite sides of the ball, but they're very they're a lot in you know in, both in similar situations. 
Brian, do you agree with the wide receiver slash inside linebacker? Do you prioritize another position? What do you think? No, Dave's right on there. And man, there were so many Easter eggs in Mike Tomlin's press conference the other day. And did you hear what he said about Joe Schobert? He was like, yeah, he didn't play the way I wanted him to play. Um, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. But... but he also said he didn't have any expectations for him because he wasn't here for the preseason. So how do you not have expectations and make a trade for a guy that like that's well, when exactly. I heard that I'm like, wait yeah. a second, you you, you I mean, trade no, that's, for that's, a player. That's why it's words. It's just it's just words. Yeah. This coach go ahead, Brian. Sorry. But yeah, so when when I heard that, I'm thinking, yeah, they there's I thought they might bring him back, but now after hearing that, it it kind of gave me a minute to pause and think, yeah. There's no way that he's that he's coming in here and coming back here. Excuse me. So that's definitely a spot that you've got to take care of. Robert Spillane is a number three guy. He's he's the perfect backup to have in there. You know, he's going to come in and do what Dave Schofield asks of every single player and play hard. And, you know, he's going to perform. <laughs> But the thing about Spillane is we don't expect him to be a starter at this point. And we, we've seen him in that role, and then you're going to want to replace him. Look at where we were at preseason yesterday. We were like, when we heard Joe Schobert, my gosh, there was marching bands going down the street. You know, couples were reconnecting. There were balloons. I mean, everybody was so thrilled that, Robert Spillane was not going to start. And now they're like, whoa, at the end of this season, they're like, yeah, you need Robert Spillane in there all the time. So now everybody's loving him, but it's going to go back to that. That's a position that I think is, is huge because we don't know what's going to go on with the wide receivers. If you turn around and what happens if Juju decides that really my heart's here and I can get away with $10 million a year. You, you know what I mean? If he comes back, he was the most popular guy in Pittsburgh last week. If he comes back, you you see what that guy, what they did without him, and not much. They really missed him. And they missed him his leadership as well. Because Dave mentioned, you know, we don't know what we have with the Steelers and Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool right now. We pretty much think that James Washington is gone. And you want to. Do you want to die on the hill of Ray Ray McLeod? So with that being said, that needs, you need to take a look at that too. Thank goodness they have 40 some million dollars under the cap that they can go ahead and spend. Thank goodness they have draft picks too. To go back to your cornerback talk, uh, Philip gives us $2 says JC Jackson is a free agent cornerback from new England. Um, that maybe the Steelers could look at. We'll see. Uh, can, can I say something about that? Sure. He had eight interceptions this year. Okay. So that's something to look at. I was looking at the interceptions of cornerbacks, of uh, the players that are going to be free agents. He is the only one with more interceptions per game than Akella Witherspoon. So in other words, he's about the only guy, if you're looking for interceptions and stuff, mm. like based on those stats, that would be an upgrade. You know, yeah. you could say some of these other guys could be an upgrade, just didn't have the interceptions. I'm just saying based purely on that number. Right. Good fact, though. Faceless mm -hmm. Man gives us $5. Says, did you know that Wilds on First Things First shouted out BTSC? We did. He said, congrats. He said, thanks for keeping us covered this season. We appreciate it. Go ahead, Dave. Because not only that, we we I shared the clip on Twitter where he shouted out to us. It was about mine and Jeffrey's article on TJ Watt. I tagged him. He answered back. And then with what Jeff said. So uh, we, we did appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And then monster 19 gives us four ninety nine. says James Washington was quote unquote unhappy this year. Do the Steelers keep him a year for his OSU teammate Mason or no, that's interesting. Um, I don't think there's any way in my opinion, he's back, but Dave, what do you think? James Washington return? Um, I just, I, I don't know that he, that he wants to return. To me, James, the only way James Washington returns if it's one of those, um, yeah, the, the 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 grass isn't necessarily greener. Like if he goes out and and shops around and then comes back, yeah, that's the only way I see it. Brian, what do you think? Well, if you look back at the 2019 season, James Washington had a better rapport with Duck Hodges 
yes, he than has, he did with Mason yeah, Rudolph. So I think that they never. I think that Steel Cowboys like connection. <laughs> I think the Steel Cowboys, the OSU connection, I think it was overrated in this situation. They're not Burrow and Chase. No, definitely not. Definitely not. All right, Dave, is there any other position of need that you think is worth discussing, or is that pretty much your priority list right now? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't – the Steelers, I think it, in the draft, they're going to do what they do and add somebody else to the outside linebacker room to add – to throw in with the rotation there because it's it's what they do. Um, other than that, I think we, we hit the, the biggest stuff. Brian, anything else you'd want to add? No, nah, you know what? I, I think uh, that's that's where you start. Of course, yeah. you can – man, you could you could even bring in a guy in the seventh round to be uh, to be deaf at running back, but do you really need to? No, I mean, you, they're going to bring in guys that, uh, that aren't the ones that we mentioned, but that might be in the sixth and seventh. You have two seventh-round picks, too, so – you, you never know how they're going to do it. We didn't expect them to uh, bring in a punter last year in the draft. We really didn't think that uh, Trey Norwood was going to be the guy that they were bringing in either and probably thought that a tight end that high was uh, was probably not going to happen. So, yeah, except for now there's somebody at BTS. Yeah, I'm not sure. It might be Matt EP, which will jump in and take credit for that draft. Because we've got guys here at BTSC that, take credit for the drafting of guys just uh it doesn't matter where they <laughs> because uh, they might have covered all 365 um guys on their on their uh, draft board and when they get picked even if it's in the seventh round they're like oh yeah i called that <laughs> so <laughs> so anyways you know i mean no i i don't think uh i think they're going to uh have a plan know exactly where they need to go with it and they're going to execute it, and they know more than we do. Good point. Let's talk about uh, the uh, divisional round of the playoffs real quick before we get to our trivia time. So <clears throat> divisional games, which game are you most excited to see, Brian? Is there one that uh, outranks the others? Yeah, Tennessee and Cincy. That's that's exciting to me. I've, uh, I'm really not sure where Tennessee is as far as Derrick Henry coming back. I know there's thoughts that he may, but man, I like Deontay Foreman and I love, and I hate Cincinnati. So I am really for the rest of the playoffs. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans as the team that I'm putting their hat on right now. If I have to root for any team and it's, it's better when you're rooting for a team and I'll go ahead and, and root for them. All right, Dave, what about you? Is there a game that you're looking forward to watching? Oh yeah, it's it's got to be Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. I I want to see, you know, there's with the four teams left in the AFC, you've got two teams that the Steelers were each one and zero against, and you've got two teams which the Steelers were were each zero and two against. So I would really want to see an AFC Championship game of the two teams that the Steelers were one and zero against, just because I think that would be be neat. Um, I'm kind of you know, as as annoying as Bill's Mafia can be at times uh, when you have to try to um, be behind them at a football game. Uh, I, I do know some Bill's fans that aren't the ones that jump through tables. And uh, for their sake, I wouldn't mind them uh, get, seeing their team continue to succeed. Um, but I just think that's an intriguing matchup. But the one Brian mentioned is the only one that did not already happen during the regular season. There was not a game between Cincinnati and Tennessee. Um, all the other ones are rematches from earlier this year. Two of them were in week three and one of them were in week five. Interesting. Any of the NFC games intrigue you, Brian? Mm. Eh. Man. Okay. Let's get uh, another tip here. Philip gives us $5 again. Thank you very much. He said Steelers bloodlines, Connor Hayward, Isaiah, Paulo. I don't know how, I don't know, whatever. And Joey Porter Jr. Would be cool to see in the black and yellow, just like their family. I, I didn't know. I don't know who that Isaiah person is. Is that know? supposed to be Paul Paul cousin? Yeah. yeah, I think he's, oh. I think he's a cousin. And his yeah. remember, he, probably got him. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. No. Oh, real. That's how it's spelled. Okay. <laughs> because remember, uh, Troy's uncle that worked for the Cincinnati Bengals, I think he was a running backs coach, 
his last name was Paula. Yeah. So okay. that might not be. I don't think that is autocorrect. I think that's true, and I think it's a. Good I didn't know. I was just going by how it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this from our own Andrew Wilbar. Gives us two dollars. Says, "Would you guys well, bring back Taco and Tushka?" What do you think, Dave? Tushka. Well, isn't Tushka? He's. I think he's under contract for this year. Um, he wasn't on the the free agent list. No, because I'm. I mean, I I know he's on the list, but because I mean, and it, he's just a cheap guy. Um, because I'm pretty sure when they signed him, it, or you know, it was a two year deal. Uh, if Taco's willing to come back for you know, basically the vet minimum to come to camp, come back for the vet minimum to come to camp. You know, there's there's not many people that I would uh, that that I wouldn't do that yeah. with. But yeah, Tuska, he's on he is under contract for this next year at the minimum. Brian, uh, what I, about you? I think these beggars can't be choosers. And, you know, why not bring them back? What the hell? Come on back, boys. <laughs> there you go. Taco Tushka. Taco All right. Tushka. Dave, do you have trivia? Or are we just leaving it up to Brian? Oh, I do have some trivia. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's a little quick though. It's okay. about, it's playoff trivia. Let's do okay. it. Okay. All right. A couple things just, just to make sure we understand this right now, the current format of the NFL postseason is there are 14 teams, seven from each conference, right? Yes. That was new last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. When did they go to six where, where they went up to six teams to each conference? It used to be five. They went to mm-hmm. six. It's been six as long as I can remember. I yeah. thought Brad would. Uh, yeah, I, I know. When is it? 93. It was 90. 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in 90. But my, my question is because, you know, now that there's only one team gets a buy for each conference, okay, it usually it's at least one, if not both teams that make the Super Bowl or coming in by having that buy. When is the last time both participants in the Super Bowl played during wild card weekend? And I will tell you this wild card weekend started in 1978 from before that it was, it started in the divisional round. There was no, there was no wild card round. So it was, so since 1978, when's the last time, both teams that appeared in the Super Bowl played on Wild Card Weekend. Oh boy, I have no clue. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, let's go say Buffalo. No, no, it wouldn't be Buffalo. I have no idea. I was going to say no. Buffalo and Dallas, but I, I, I don't think that could be right. Jeff, you want to say anything? No, I have no guess. So I have no clue. Oh, I was hoping you guys would get this and, and know your history. That would be from 19, oh. what, 1982 because they took eight <sighs> teams from each conference because it was a shortened season. Therefore, every team in the postseason played in wildcard weekend. And it hasn't happened since that both teams from wildcard weekend made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Okay, real quick, real yeah. quick. Jeff's going to throw out the. Uh, the typical i wasn't born yet so, <laughs> i want to say that before it's he negative does. one but yes you're right but i i do remember i do remember that well i mean the steelers you know they played they played san diego in a 31 28 loss it was it was an actually an amazing game um yeah that that was crazy that that 18 tournament actually a 16 tournament now i know we're doing it now with mm-hmm. uh actually 14 teams but yeah, that was those were some crazy weeks. It was really cool. Yep. Um, I was going to ask a follow up question of who was the first NFL team to play on Wild Card Weekend to make it to the Super Bowl, and the hint is they won it. I thought I thought it might be a while, but I'll, I'll just tell you. Um, the uh, first, do you know it? Baltimore Ravens. Um, it was actually in 1980, the, the Oakland Raiders, Oakland Raiders yeah. were the first team that played on Wild Card Weekend that actually went to the Super Bowl. Because it's it, it, you all have to remember, it used to be that only the teams that got the buys were the ones that really made it to the Super Bowl. But as, you know, the Steelers kind of changed that more. You know, got that ball rolling a little bit because you you know you had them, you had the Giants, you had the unfortunately the Packers and things like that. So that's all I was going to say. I want to get the blind trivia. Go ahead. I think, that, I think they beat the Oilers if I'm not mistaken. And then the next and week, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 80. And then the next week they beat the Browns in a frigid game. Mm-hmm. I remember that well. All right. It's time for Who's the Man? So our first one here, born in Fort Wayne, Indiana, stayed close to home to attend Purdue University. I'm assuming it's going to be Rod Woodson. Yes, you got on the first one. Took the sales out of that. Um, yeah, I feel like Letterman. I'll just like. Uh, Would you have guessed that too, Jeff? Uh, wait, I was trying to think if there's someone else that went to Purdue. I couldn't think of any other Purdue. Chucky Jacoby. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he was making the list for your game. So, what was the rest um, about Woodson? Uh, so I spent the first 10 of his 16 NFL seasons with the Steelers. That would have drafted been 10th overall in the 1987 NFL draft. Yeah. 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 This one might be easy too. So, uh, won two Super Bowl rings during an 11 year NFL career spent entirely with the Steelers. Who would have had an 11 year career? Let's go Heinz Ward. Earned all Southwest Virginia first team honors at quarterback as a high school senior and was also named second team all state at defensive back. Okay. You said in West? Say, say that again in yeah. West Virginia he, or West Virginia? No, Virginia, the state of Virginia, all Southwest okay. Virginia. First team oh, honors South. at quarterback as a high school senior and was also named second team all state at defensive back. On two Super Bowls over 11 years from Southwest Virginia. I go to the next one. All right, I'm actually. It was also corner quarterback. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to make it fun. I think the number two one's a little harder. Caught a three yard touchdown pass from Ben Roethlisberger. In his first, very first NFL game, and it was against the Titans. Would that be? Would that be Heath Miller? That would be the 2004 John Mackey Award winner while playing for the Virginia Cavaliers. Heath Miller. Yeah. Nice. I thought after I said I didn't know, I thought of Miller, and then when you said that, I'm like, oh, that's got to be who it was. Well, quarterback yeah. and defensive back kind of screw you up. The defensive back screwed me up. The quarterback, not as much. I remember hearing that he played quarterback yeah. in high school, but then when you said defensive back, yeah. I was like, well, shoot, they must have switched over to defense. Yeah. I was thinking of defense. I was thinking of more of a defensive player then. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, final thoughts, Brian. Got anything? Yeah, you know what? The season's over. We had a lot of emotion. With the Steelers don't deserve to make the playoffs. And once they make the playoffs, how can they blow it like that against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs? As fans, we are all over the place. And because fan is short for fanatic and we love it. And I, you know, I'm the same way. I feel when that last game is over, even though there's eight more teams playing, there's a hole in my heart. And it, it really, it, it stinks. I don't want to be talking about what we talked about tonight. Don't want to do it at all. In fact, I dreaded this night because I want to be talking about the Steelers taking on the Tennessee Titans this week. And I really thought that would be absolutely a fun game if they made it past Kansas City. And then that's when anything can happen. But you know what? I love to see how many people are in here for a preview for September basically. <laughs> and uh, you're in here. When you say it that way, it's like, yeah. oh my God, and, it's long. And that feels so good. And BTSC, we're going to be, you're going to see new content every single day on the editorial side, every single day on the podcast side. There's enough to talk about with the Steelers. We're going to keep it fresh for you. And we love having you here. So thanks for taking your Steeler time and spending it with us three knuckleheads and the rest of the guys on this entire platform so we thank you for all you do hey we don't want to we we're not where we want to be right now but we're in it together we're going to disagree we're going to agree and we're going to agree to disagree and it's going to be awesome so you stick around dave final thoughts yeah i kind of did some some of my thoughts about some stuff with the kansas city game and my frustrations with you know like the number of drives they surrendered um in the first half and things things like that oh my stat geek this morning so if you haven't checked that out make sure you go back and do that um but we are in the off season i, I had a real realization today 
um, where I, when I was uh, driving my, my daughter to, to drama practice. And I realized that the next time the Pittsburgh Steelers take the field in a non preseason game, I will have a child in high school and a child in middle school. So that's kind of a new, you know, thing for me. And I'm just like, wow, that's what's going to happen before the Steelers play again. So part of me, as much as I can't wait to see the Steelers again, part of me looks at it that way. It's like, oh, uh, like I remember the first year I had season tickets. Uh, my wife was expecting our, our third child. And I'm, I actually went there for the, for the draft day party. And I'm like, there are my, I went up and sat in my seats and everything. And that's when I, you know, brushed up against Bud Dupree that day and everything. And I kept sitting there thinking like, oh man, like by the time I'm like, my son's going to be born by the time I'm back here. And next thing you know, how many years has it been since I've been there? So it, it, it'll come along. The off season is long, but the off season also moves. And where else would you rather be? I would be rather be nowhere else than talking about this with you, with some of my best friends on this show, with my brother on the Scobro show. And most importantly, with you all in the live chat on these shows. And those of you all that even though, you listen, and we might not know you from that way. What, like when someone came up and saw me at the game, you were a part of this family as well. So, hey, Steelers family, we're in it for the offseason. Um, just because they're not on the field doesn't mean that we don't still get to be family. Well said. Well said. All right, we'll be back next week for another Steelers preview. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right, good stuff. We'll see you next week. Take it easy.